Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. What kind of programs does this school have? How are the test scores? How many kids do a classroom? Homes.com knows these are all things you ask when you're home shopping as a parent. That's why each listing on Homes.com includes extensive reports on local schools, including photos, parent reviews, test scores, student-teacher ratio, school rankings, and more. The information is from multiple trusted sources and curated by Homes.com's dedicated in-house research team. It's also you can make the right decision for your family. Homes.com. We've done your homework. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Yeah. Welcome to J.L, a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, it's it's Jill Scott, and um, we're we're here uh, for J.L, the podcast. I'm with my sister friends, Laia St. Clair. Yes, ma'am. That's me. Yes, ma'am. President. St. Clair. Yes. St. Clair. I used to say Sinclair. It's It, it was that first. It, that, it's okay. You know, slavery didn't fucked it all up anyway, Jill. So, you know, I can't even claim the classiness of the name. Wow. Oh, <laughs> and Aja, great in Danzler. <laughs> Sorry too much. <laughs> Danzler. Danzler. Whoop, there it is. I wish I could have got a couple more syllables. Yeah, you know I mean... <laughs> A couple of more syllables would have been nice. You have a three-letter name with two syllables, Aja. I do, I do. Damn it. And yet people still can never say it correct. It's shocking. You're a continent. It's funny to me. She's an Aja. 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 Look. A-ja. Like, (laughs) ja Rastafari. Okay. Apparently, today we've had some coffee. Yeah, we have. We've had several cups. It might have been a little sweet on us today. Um, We're talking about how to move on from where we are now. Where are we now? Trump has been, I think he's been put out of office. 
It looks like it. It looks like it. Not physically, but it's he will the, be. It's, it's, on, yes, it's he, on the horizon. Yes. Yes. Currently, he's still held up in the White House. Um, I am looking forward to the day seeing him out of it. Yo, Scranton about Scranton about to come and rap. Scranton about to be like, yo, if you don't get your ass the fuck up out of here, we gonna do it for you. I need a slow motion. I need I need a slow motion so that I could just watch it over and over again while I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Eat ice cream. I would like it to be, I like the Obamas to be present when he gets kicked out. You know what I'm saying? Just because they had to save face in 2016 and walk that motherfucker through the White House, act like they like this nigga. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I, I gotta fix. No, this. no, 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 no. It's applicable right there. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. And, it's applicable yeah. right there. <laughs> and sit in the office, and, and she and they even left notes for these motherfuckers. Like I just, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. So. Girl, extensive notes. That's yes, great. Yes, that's what that's it grace is. So. And it's class. I'm tired of that's they class. Grace though. and class for your ass. Yeah. And I'm very, very interested in us publicly getting to see them drag him on out of there. <sighs> I almost don't want him to leave. I want him to be there on the 21st. Or is it, is it January 21st is the very last day? Whatever the that 20th. last day is. Yeah. Or the 20th. I want to see the Secret Service switch over and grab him by the ankles and slide him out the front door. Yeah. While he scratches the floor. I've been I've been to the White House a couple times. Okay. And what I liked about how they kick you out is the they're like uh I, I guess they're in the military. Who wears white? The Marines? They, the Navy? All got they some, all have they all some kind of white, white fancy okay. outfit. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't know which part of the military they were in, but they were smooth. What they do is they kind of herd you out. So everybody's having a good time and in these big spaces. And, yo, and yo. all of a sudden, the, <laughs> the, the, the white ass. suits come in a little closer. And because, <laughs> and because you, you know, your 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 personal space, you move a little bit. Wow. And then they go a little more forward and you move a little bit. Like a wall. It's like a wall. And they're smiling. The whole time and listening to the music too. It wasn't uncomfortable. Next thing you know, you're outside. Can I just say to the people that Jill is um, talking about a very interesting experience? Because number one, I believe you are talking about an Obama White House experience. Number two, you are talking about an Obama White House party, party. experience, i.e. the BET closing party, which I'm, I'm going to say to you, Jill, that White House, that gone. Whatever you saw, oh, back that then, White House, that, thing, that White House was a once in a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm so was glad a once in a lifetime moment. That White House, right there. <laughs> I'm so glad I got to be there. Did I tell you that they at one of those events? I went to five of them. Oh they, shit! Mm-hmm. They Damn. kept inviting mm-hmm. me back, honey. The Obamas. So I every time it was a great experience. At mm-hmm. one of them, I think it might have been the first one where I took my mom. And they had watermelon mm. and fried chicken. And I I ate that watermelon so hard. <laughs> I ate it so hard. They cut don't, it. Don't tell the half story, Jill. It's more things than watermelon. And please tell me it was more than watermelon and chicken, though. It was more on the menu. I don't know. There, it was like tete-a-tete. It was little pieces of things all over the place. 
pieces of, 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 of delicious all over. And they oh, had a, a mountain of sliced watermelon. It looked like the watermelon mm. was cut by by an, a, um, a, uh, not a razor, but maybe a laser. It was it was yes. perfect. Yeah. And then they like they little tiny they black elves. Feta cheese <laughs> on it. And I thought, who puts feta cheese on watermelon? Yeah, that sounds nasty. I, yeah, it did. It did sound nasty, but I ate it and I ate it again and I ate it again. And then there was a then you know how it is when something is good. You start doing the little dance. You know, so and they're like, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. in the White House dancing. I'm black. 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 All Eating chicken in the White House. We did poses. Everybody posed in front of George Washington's picture. Did Everybody. you squat? Who squatted? Did anybody squat? Oh, I did. We all did. Oh, Everyone did. Oh, You're not yes. allowed a camera. Yes. But everybody did it. Everybody was like, how you like me now? Eat chicken and watermelon. How you like me now? It felt great. What was the toilet? Did y'all do the electric slide? Every possible dance was done. They wobbled. That was like a, you know, they probably wobbled. Wobble it. You know Every possible dance was done. The party I didn't end. It. The last party didn't end till 5 a.m. Can, can you break <gasps> Oh. Can you break down what the bathroom looks like in the White House, Jill? Which one, my G? Do they look different? Would you would they look different? Or is it different decor? Is it like the Ebony Building where every color is a different color on every floor? You know that's how the Ebony Building was. Like what the bathroom? Like just give me. <sighs> it wasn't. It, I don't have a glowing recommendation of the bathrooms. I can uh-huh. tell you that they were wallpapered and they were efficient. Okay. 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 The rooms coming from those bathrooms were. Uh-huh had plates and and things that were uh, hundreds of years old you know and what it was a lot of antiques a lot of memorabilia from other presidents you know yeah. that Trump's picture portrait will be hanging in the white house is it no 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 have they confirmed did they confirm i, I uh, no, no, I don't know. I don't. Mm, he didn't hang. Well, uh, you know that he did not hang Obama's picture. So actually, I don't. Uh, I don't. Are know. You I promise you that. Yes, uh, Obama's picture is not in the White House. I promise you that. There is something really going on. I mean, everybody knows this. We're just talking about it. There's really something there where you're so jealous. Mm. So agitated by I this mean, person's mm. presence. Doesn't he have a reason? Have you? The words are big mad. Yeah. Big, big mad. mad. I mean, from big the physicality mad. to the education, he is everything that that he that Trump is not. Right. True indeed. True indeed. I would. I, I would, mean, I just I feel mean. like that portraits do be looking at you. And if you had to walk down the hallway and that brother just sitting in the chair like he is in his portrait, he Ooh. just looking at you. Like, mm. And the portrait was done so well. Unlike any other portrait ever done. Anytime, ever done. Yes. yes. Anywhere. Yes. Anywhere. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I think, uh, okay. I, I'm just looking forward to that moment when we can really just figure out what's going to happen next. Like, how is this thing going to go? Because I'm tired of the little linger. The linger is bothering me. Well, here's the issue. And you know, the, the linger is not is not all the the fault of the incoming president. The linger is the fact that this is the first time oh, yeah. ever that there is not a graceful transition, not even a transition right. team. 
So, oh yeah, and, no, no, I'm, I'm aware. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, I know you are. But yeah, and still, you know, big ups to Biden and Harris because they still have their whole COVID team together. They still meet and they're like, we're gonna do what we can do to make sure right. there's a transition and not just a because, like Dr. Fauci said, you can't just stop the game and start it again. It got to be a you know a transition. It has to be smooth. Like people yeah. have to work together. Yeah. Like is this is this is necessary? Yeah. But it's just like it's the 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 instability and the the disregard and the, I mean, the, the full-on arrogance is just, it's beyond, beyond. It is beyond, beyond. And, and yeah. we still have 77 million American people who voted for this guy. And many of them that are in the same, are, are just as delusional. Yeah, that's now that's just interesting and the scary part, right? Because we've had the most ever uh, election uh, folks come out to vote. But that also means that, yeah, like you said, 76 million people or so voted for, for Trump, which means we know they're there. And they're upset. there but it's just that's sobering that is sobering to think that here we are four years later you've seen all that you've seen there's no there was it's not like the first time when they thought oh I I thought it was going to be this way or I thought it might be this way no you saw how it was and still more people turned out for him in fact more white women in particular came out he had the biggest increase of the electorate was white women. 55%. More white women. More white women voted for him this time than the first time. Okay. And and they and there's a larger increase in white women than in white men. Yeah, because all you gotta do is put the fear in them. That's why. And I, I just thought to myself, yeah. wow. Wow. And I refuse to believe that of those women, of those white women, those 55% of the white woman electorate that I refuse to believe, believe that none of them was down on Washington with one of them pussy hats on. One of them had a pussy hat on. <laughs> one of them did. Well, many of them. M- many many of, them, of them did. Many of them did. See, now? But then now, you t- now you t- down there now you, you? now you talking about the breakdown between racism and female, I mean, womanism. You know what I'm saying? No, and, feminism. Okay, that white feminism? All right. That ain't got nothing to do with me. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that got nothing to do with me. Feminism and womanism. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, let me just keep it to you straight. If I, I, you might hear me say feminism. You understand what I'm saying? But I'm very clear. And in terms of what white women feel and think and practice when it comes to feminism, does not always include me. And yeah. more often than not, does not include me. Yeah. They're not clear. I like to, I most definitely like to use the word womanism, which was coined by Alice Walker, if I'm not mistaken, because I know that was meant for me. Mm -hmm. So I like to use terms I know are for me. Thank you, Asia, for breaking that down, because I was somewhat unclear on the womanism versus feminism. So I appreciate that. Alice Walker. Yeah. Much respect. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you what I want to see. Well, Mm -hmm. as this man leaves office, this, Mm. ooh, so many things I Oh, this man. As he leaves office, uh, I definitely need us, and I, I'm, I'm going to just go on and say me, 
we have to start really paying attention to politics within our community. Down to who's Amen. Black Captain? Yeah. Remember Black yeah. Captain? Amen. We really yeah. have to talk about who's running for office. So that we can get, it's like tra- it's like training a child on how you you know how to grow up. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing within our government. Like we have to choose well and um, support the people that are attempting to make changes in our society. Like really support them. If nothing yeah. else, we've learned this. If nothing else, we've learned this because yeah. out of the clear blue sky, some whack-ass billionaire um, who's not earned anything in a lifetime, who has no relationship at all with anybody, no relationship <laughs> with the with the common people <laughs> who wash clothes, who clean toilets, uh, who fold, who, who go grocery shopping, no mm, understanding nobody. of any part of it. I don't even know if the, the, if the the man has washed his own ass before. Mm. I don't know. It's a good question. It's a good question. Who knows? <laughs> but I know that he was sitting uh. on gold toilets when I was yeah. catching septa. So, um, you know that ass crack dirty. You know he got up on them gold toilets. You know they, they leave that. You know that ass, ass crack you know is dirty. I'm, I'm sorry. Just in yeah. my mind, I'm was sorry. Like, yeah. You know, ooh, he just ain't nothing like a man air. with a dirty ass crack. Mm, mm, mm. Sorry. Come on, fellas. Girl. What we, what we <laughs> there's a there's a skid mark. <laughs> oh, no! Right there on the toilet seats. If what is that a, on the toilet seats? If there's a skid mark, it's not like he would know about it, nor would he have to deal with. Cause it. he don't look back. He, no, he wouldn't have to deal with his own his own foolishness. None of it. That's no. why I'm, ex- I'm excited. And it's funny. I I don't want to. I don't How like do to you whitewash. Make somebody like, president who's never been accountable for anything. How? I don't know. Ask Putin. <sighs> I don't, I don't know. Oh, I think it's very easy to pick a president who's never been accountable for anything. We don't listen. How man. do you make him the poor? How do you make them the poor white people president? Is the, the question. How did that rich white man become the poor white man's president? Like, whoa! Oh, that wow. man became the poor white man's president way before that because the bottom line is that poor white people didn't have nothing to do with planters and owners of plantations and plantation owners were our first senators and our first congressmen and poor white people wasn't getting none of that money right right so rich white men been making the rules for poor white people a long time and they've been sipping that bs kool-aid that the rich white man been telling them since you know the 17th, 16th century, telling him, oh, you poor, you disenfranchised, but you better than them niggas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been going on for a long time. That's why it was the poor and people's that's campaign. that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're so that's right. That's old lie. And it's I been an say- important lie to hold on to. Yeah. That, that gave them uh, a sense of being, a, a sense of... of, of Value, a purpose, 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 and ownership. Value. Like this is yes. that's right, Mr. Trump. This is our place. That's right. It's not though. Well, but we see, we see the amount of hatred. We yeah. see the amount of anger. We're still and, here in this country. So now, what? We'll be back after the break. brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play. Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or 
get goofy officially, step up like a boss and save the day, or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. And can I just allow a moment? I know people, you know, oh, people on social media. I know people on social media like, you know, I don't know what y'all are so happy for. This motherfucker Biden ain't no better than da 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 da. But can I just say on just the a level of symbolism, because I know it, it used to not matter until Trump came into office, symbolism and what these what this man symbolizes. I'm still more excited to see a man who did come from nothing in a way. I'm still excited to see a man who loves his wife and be able, I'll be able to see some love back in the White House. I mean, a man who is married to a teacher, so she is connected to things. She is still a teacher, like a man who has been lifted up in the White House twice by two black people. Because remember, there would be no Joe Biden if not for, in a sense of a President Joe Biden, in a sense of a Barack Obama and a Kamala Harris. And he knows that. I am very conscious that this white man knows that he is on the backs of these people. So I just, can we just have a moment to say things are, are possibly going to be better than the last oh, yeah. four years without making me feel like, yo, the fuck is wrong with you? You dumb? No, no. You know what I mean? Girl, listen. Not that you need my permission or anybody else's. I do need your oh, permission, though. Girl, by, by all means, it's <laughs> going to be better. Come on okay. now. You'll be a crazy person to think it's not going to be better. It's, but better has varying degrees. Right. And better is also, you know, in comparison to what? And so if you're not comparing it specifically to the character of Donald Trump, if you're just right. talking about... Yeah, if you're just talking about Donald Trump, then yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. most of us would have voted for Bernie. You know what I'm saying? But I do think it would be unfair to a Joe Biden or, or, or even a Kamala Harris to assume that or to even hint toward that they are the same types of 
they would have the same kind of leadership as a Trump, and there is no difference. I think that's dangerous. Right. Talk. And, it, and it lacks nuance. Folks, and I don't... Yeah, it lacks nuance, and it's, it's, it's silly to me. However, you know, we do have to understand that, you know, Trayvon Martin, that happened on Barack's watch. These kinds of things happen mm-hmm. to us and continue to happen to us throughout the Obama presidency. And yeah, it was awesome. A lot of it. bad things happened during Obama. We lost a lot of children. Sandy Hook happened during Obama's watch too. Like shit, it was right. the most child school shootings in history in Obama's watch. I'm sorry, but go ahead. Right. No, no. And we're on the same page because right. so what we're saying, I think is so important to keep having the nuance there. What we're saying is that, or what anyone is saying is yes, it is important to not have Trump. But we cannot be so focused on not having Trump that we um, create a pedestal for Joe Biden or we create a pedestal for Kamala Harris or anybody else who will come into office on the tails of this kind of terrible criminal administration. So that is where we have to be careful. And we have to be careful not to set them up into a moment where they cannot be publicly critiqued. That's true. Because I think we are we are dangerously at that moment with Kamala But they've Harris. been, but but hey, but no, I, I don't know because we've been critiquing her the whole ride, the whole ride through, right? Like yeah, we, this and, is the first yeah, time we really in comparison to she's yeah. been critiqued in comparison to. So yeah. as a black woman, she's going to get way more drama than anybody else because she's a right. black woman. People going to be on her ass the same yeah. way they were on um, way worse than on Hillary Clinton. Too. Now, um, yeah, exactly, like a Michelle Obama. Yeah, she's going to get it worse. But what we have to do as a community, and we are absolutely sophisticated enough to do this, is that we have to be clear that Mm -hmm. as we protect her from these white supremacist attacks, that we are also extremely Mm -hmm. critical and not critical in a way that says that we are being unfair Mm -hmm. or mean or inaccurate, but that we deserve that. Mm-hmm. He deserved leadership that doesn't just represent yeah. us in color and background, but that they also represent our best interests. Not some of our interests, but our very best interests as a group, as an electorate, as a community, period. I see the activists already on social media talking about, yeah, we ain't forgot that we got you here. So we're going to come back. We coming for we coming for you for what we what you promised us. So. I see a lot of activists on social already ready to collect. I, and I'm not mad at that. I mean, I get it. Right. Although you probably, can we collect on this COVID first? Uh, I just don't, let's not forget. I just want to go. The thing is, is this, this country has a whole lot of checks that done sent out. It, it owes did. a lot it of people. It needs to it cover a lot, lot of checks. Okay. L- speaking of these checks, this, this, this might be really, really personal. Um, I got a loan as well for my employees. Mm. Um, because I had over 30 employees. And they gave me an amount of money that I celebrated. I was like, yay, I'm going to be able to pay everybody for a month. Um, Didn't do the math right, really. And it really only paid for two weeks. Shit. Right. Uh-huh. I just, I, I guess I, you know, I, I hyped it up in my mind that this was going to be a, such a relief for everybody, and it was going to um, take some of the weight off. That's what I thought. But anyway, it only took care of two weeks for everyone, down to the nickel. And 
I get a phone call Uh-oh. saying that they overgave me by five times. What? And that they want <laughs> to... They want it? Yeah. They want me to repay them for or or to uh, reimburse them for the two weeks of finance that I, you know, sent out mm-hmm. to my employees. Mm-hmm. My God. Today. And I think that that's what's going to happen with a lot of people. I think, it I is. feel like it was a scam. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I feel yeah, like I, it was a scam. Um, it wasn't as if I didn't send everything that was necessary. Sent mm-hmm. it all. Sent my payroll, sent their names. They can account for the money. Everything went to employees. I didn't get a cent of it. But, but Jill, nonetheless. But nonetheless. You know what, but Jill, you know what? Would hmm. you ever would you ever sign up for Donald for Trump University? No. Would you ever do a deal with Donald Trump? No. Like, and so it's funny. I don't think people thought about it like it's that. It's the same. Was, it's the same thing. Oh, I'm so oh, sorry. Oh, oh. I, I worried about that. And it's funny. You heard like conspiracy theories about people um, it, it coming out of their taxes for 2021. And I'm just hoping that's not the case, too, because some people took money and they're like, well, what if they decide in 2021 that I got to pay this shit back, which I hope is not the case. But I, it's the case. I absolutely believe that it's the case. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yep. Five times. So you telling me you fucked up five times? Waiting for me to cash the check? You you messed up five times? How? How did, how are your calculations this wrong? How? And where's your proof? I'm looking. Yeah. Because yeah. all of my shit is in order. We need to pay attention to these late night uh, congressional meetings. We need to pay attention. Right. This stuff is happening in the middle of the night. I know that I've, you know, in, in, in my lifetime, I've seen, you know, the uh, the live uh, recordings of of Congress meeting, and I turn away. I don't want to watch that. It's long-winded. Yes, using this, this legal jargon that is, is unnecessary. It's just unnecessary. <laughs> I don't know, but as I get older, I, I depending on the the, uh, the hearing, is a form of entertainment shit. Not for nothing. That's how I got to know Kamala Harris. It wasn't until um, Kavanaugh's hearing that I was like, oh, shit. Who is this? <laughs> like, she was coming at. So it's, it's it's interesting. I think as I get older, that all that the political, it reminds me of a, a soap opera in my own way. That's, that's how I watch MSNBC and CNN so much. It's a fucking soap opera. Reading now, okay? The Constitution of the United States divides the federal government into three branches to make sure no individual or group will have too much power. That ain't working. Well, we still waiting for Georgia. Because that is child. We just we need this. Well, we need the Senate, child. We need this child, we need the Senate. Child, we need the Senate. I mean, typically though, when the president, any president comes in, they typically are not getting the presidency and the House and Senate. Usually that happens in the midterms. Yeah, yeah. Typically, I mean, you're not going to get both. And 
don't forget, Obama, what was it? Was it the whole eight years that he worked with the Republican Senate as well? And so, and they, they made the deal in the beginning that they wasn't going to really work with him. So when people say, you know, why was certain things so hard? It's like, it goes back yeah. to. But it's also typical. So yes, yeah. that did happen to Obama. Yeah. But that situation is typical. It was typical during the Clinton administration. It was typical throughout, you know, it, it happens because they just bounce from one party to the next to the next and back again, which again kind of brings up the other issue that a lot of Americans have, which is why do we have this two-party system? We should have multiple and, parties. So it, it brings up a lot of hold, Why do senators hold office longer than presidents? That part. We'll be back after the break. brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play. Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. I would like to know why we keep doing the same, repeating the same actions. Like, I just, I just think it's really crazy that we're still doing the same thing, that the laws remain the same in so many areas. Like, okay, in the Bible, you know, um, you could have your hand cut off for Stealing the loaf of bread. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Quran, um, you have to wash yourself uh, before you pray. Right? Correct. Yeah. I, my my thoughts here are that I always felt like with with the with the Quran in that particular area, like sometimes, or you can't be have been with a woman. Uh, before you pray, like you have to wash your body. But I, I'm like, sometimes my best prayers are in the middle of sex. So, <laughs> oh my Lord Jesus, and how does that? Lord. 
how does that work? <laughs> you know, well, and, and is some that things a are, sin? Some things are in practice mm-hmm. and are part of hadith and are not exactly written in the Quran, but mm-hmm. also there are also um, things, there are also um, exemptions. If you're in the desert and there is no water, right, you can strike the earth. I mean, there's lots of different, you know, Islam has a lot of, a lot of details. I find that to be very fair. The more detailed, the better. Yes, fair. Lots of details. A lot of people like to, you know, they get the kind of surface part, but there's lots of allowances, details, things that go into real life. I think what that would if, happen when the real life happens. If correct, yes, yeah. real life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you have two presidential candidates and uh, they're very, very close to one another. Um, Let's, I would say that at that point, if they're very close to each other, but nobody really likes either of them, then we need to have another vote to see who gets to stay. And Ooh. whoever gets to stay has to come up against another candidate that Ooh, we wow. vote for. But then we have to create like a deadline because we could do this and keep doing this until because there is no perfect candidate either. There so. is no perfect candidate, right. but we shouldn't be in a position where we don't like either. Well, That's I how mean, I here's, felt here's the when thing. We were dealing with Hillary uh, Clinton and um, Donald Trump. You know, I didn't. Uh, I well, didn't like I, ultimately, of like I said, this is the part. This is the problem with the two party system. Mm-hmm. However, um, this country is not that old. That's the other thing. Mm. But they hold the on to these things as, as the United States, quote unquote. It's just over 100 years old. They're holding so on to looking, these rules like they can't be changed, like they can't be manipulated for the for the benefit of the people. But yet they are still ever-changing, right? Because if they weren't ever-changing, the Supreme Court wouldn't be such a big deal. All these these issues with us holding, making sure the Supreme Court is fair and balanced and whatnot wouldn't be such a big deal because they're constantly making rulings over things that are ever-changing. Abortion is ever-changing, right? It's same thing with the Voting Rights Act. Like, they're just... I mean, there's a whole case of things, LGBTQI rights, like these are new things that they had to create new laws and, you know, rewrite certain things. Don't don't you think we're in a constant kind of rewrite in a way? It's just on who's rewriting at the time. Yeah, because there you go. There you go. Now, that's a word. Who is doing the writing? Yeah. It's the the same verbiage. Yeah, the rewriting is not the issue. It's who's doing the writing is the issue. And does that reflect those people who are living in this country? And does that reflect the best interest of the people who are living in this country or the people who are less likely to have an optimum experience in this country? So it's Mm -hmm. like, it's really more so about like who we're trying to serve and are we serving them well? Mm -hmm. And that question is going to be ever changing because the landscape of the country will be different over time. And, the country and, will not look exactly the same that the, the way it did in 1920 in 2020. Right. That's why your I'm cabinet should not look like the same cabinet from a president in the 1920s, i.e. Donald Trump's cabinet for the last four years. Right. And let's just be fair. The 1920 cabinet shouldn't have looked that way either. No, but right. So you're talking about 1920, isn't that? That's like the year that women got the right to vote. The right to vote, correct? 1919, 1920, something around that time. Mm -hmm. So at that time, our leadership wasn't reflecting its people. Right, even with the women, you say even with the white, it should have been more white women. Mm -hmm. It should have been more black women. Should have been more native women. I mean, I'm talking about from the gate, from the onset of this country. Like the country is very young, and then on top of that. From the onset of the writing of the Constitution is written by flaming racists. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, so and so and we're as of today, we just actually started to be able to say that. And, and other, we just started to be able to say that. <laughs> yes. So things are so much in their infancy stages mm-hmm. and and us getting to the point where we can have conversations and decisions and leadership that reflects the conversations and decisions that we're making personally and within our communities. And that leadership reflects that. Yeah. That's new. Think about this, y'all. Juneteenth just came into the mainstream in 2020. That's when corporations was like, oh, that's a thing? Like, oh, we can sell y'all some shit on this day? Exactly. It is young, but we're talking about, you know, my great-grandmother's time, my grandmother's time, my mother's time, my time, you know? Yeah. Not to be biting off a Baldwin, but I, I the the verbiage does have to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and it we're has in a to state change. of change. We're in a state of it will change. It, it ain't even has a hash. to change, and yeah. we as a society have to pay attention to who we're putting in office mm-hmm. and why we're putting them in office. Yeah. It gets dangerous. It's just like with pastors. You know, or or any kind of religious figure, it's the why you're here that counts, not that you're here. It's mm-hmm. the why. What is your purpose? Now it is. Before it was just we needed to be in the room. It's funny you say that, Jill, because you made me think of like a race that we had out here for district attorney against this woman, Jackie Lacey, who's a black woman. Right. And so at, a, at some point it was just like, yay, a black woman district attorney that should be in the conversation. Right. But this black woman is not really for Black Lives Matter. They've been protesting at her house or in front of her house this whole time and all this other stuff. So now we're getting to a point to where, like we've discussed before, there are layers to us as a people. Right. She black, but she might not be for you. you right. Know? Yeah. This this reminds me of conversations we had about Kamala Harris before before the election. Well, it was just like, yeah, come on, guys. We can't be so not that we should ignore representation. Representation right. is a big deal, but not that we should ignore representation, but that we should be able to critique representation. Yeah. We should be able to have um, to, to to think critically about it and to say, hey, hey, this is, it's not just about having someone there. It's just about, it's about do they align with our values mm-hmm. and the values of those who are most vulnerable amongst us. Mm-hmm. And that's fair. I, I, well, we just I, got I, to the point where we can do that, right? Because we, we wanted to just, be in the room first. We wanted to be in the just, room first. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Just so, got to that point. I say that to say, Jill, sometimes we got to remind ourselves to be persistent, be active, but also at some point be patient with our movement. Like, I mean, and acknowledge that we have had movement in progress in this small amount of time. Not to say we stop or we slow down, but also yeah. just give yourself a little bit of credit. Give yourself right. a little bit of credit. I'm, I'm saying that if, if from now on, I'm going to wear I'm going to wear some kind of slipper when I come down the steps. Because I slid in my fuzzy socks and bust my shit. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And that's that's, that's all I'm saying. Learn from mistakes. At this point, moving forward, I personally am going to make it a point to pay attention to who's in office in my community. Oh, yeah. There's a chance for me to vote that I'm going to do it. Yes. Because what happened is a whole racist negative asshole who had no 
no relationship with with people with the with regular human beings in mm-hmm. this world no relationship that, with them whatsoever became president of the United States yeah How, I, and yeah. that happens because it happens on the local level too so exactly. that's how I'm with you on that I will say this too in addition to paying attention to local politics there's a there is a section of people that go absolutely ignored by people who are generally voting. And that is your community activists. Mm-hmm. It's like the con- there's a disconnect there, you know, in terms of listening to the work, listening to what they have to say and listening to the work that they do because the work that they do is directly tied into service and the service of the people in the community who are the most vulnerable. If you are only really looking at the platform of, you know, politicians when they come up for office, you know, how can you really, I mean, you're looking at their platform, they're saying that's what they believe in, but the the local activists and the community folks, they're keeping those people honest. They're saying, mm, no, we don't know you. Well, not uh, for nothing, where no. were you when X, Y, and Z happened? Because I'll, I'll say this about a local, okay. a, lo- a local election that happened here in this neighborhood, and I won't say who the people were. But I remember a certain person was running, and I called my elder. I was like, she talking such and such and such. You know her? She like, oh, no, uh I did three events. I invited all the candidates. That person never showed up. That person never showed up. I don't know who that person is. I'll call, make another couple phone calls and I'll tell you. So it's like, it's that kind of thing is that we have to be able to communicate with each other and those who are doing community work and service when they understand some things that we don't. Those of us who are getting up, going to work every day, minding our business, mm-hmm. doing X, Y, and Z. We're not doing that work. That's not our ministry. But we owe it to them and the work that they do to take their word for it. And I think there is a bit of a disconnect with that. It but is, at but the it, local level. On the local level, however, I do want to big up Black Lives Matter in a way because I feel like they have, at least this election, became a great kind of McDonald's sense of that being that Local conduit. grassroots organizing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I say that to say that they gave, it was a time when I'm looking, because I told y'all in Cali, it's a large study book for the, the ballot. So many things you have to vote on, right? Mm-hmm. But what Black Lives Matter did was they made themselves uh, the central person for all local elections and gave you a checklist mm-hmm. of kind of like at least who rolls with them, right? So then on a local level, which was like, okay, so you roll with them. Now I decide, do I roll with you? because of this and because of all these other things that I know. So right. I, I also say that to say that Asia, I think that too is a process that we're in the midst of that I want to acknowledge that we might've been not so progressive about four years ago, but I think that what Donald Trump has done is made us, forced us to be more a part of the situation where we didn't understand the power of our territories, our states, mm-hmm. the electoral college, our local, the registrars, mm-hmm. you know, the importance of the person who actually is in charge of, of voter registration in your local municipality. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, thank you to, to, to uh, my girl, Stacey Abrams, because she brought that up. So mm-hmm. again, I just... I'm acknowledge. I want to acknowledge that we learn it. We getting there. We watching more MSNBC, oh, yeah. CNN, than we and ever trust have. and believe like, those people who were organizing under BLM locally. They were most definitely the same folks that had been organizing all along, right? With their right. own organizations and right. their own stuff. They just happened to also be a part of BLM or come together under BLM. Believe you me, 
that the folks that have been on the ground are the same people that were on the ground 10 years ago. They're the same people that were on the ground yeah. five years ago. These are the same folks. So I think it's just important to remember that when we when we mad at people, we talk about, oh, you too woke for your own good. And I don't know about that. Think about that. These people, they've been on the ground years before you knew who they were. Years before. Yeah. And one thing I will bring up was that when we see progress, when we see something and say, oh, that's progress. What you see is organizers. What you right. see is their work. So what you are seeing is that. That's not the politician. Those are the mm-hmm. organizers who have made that a point that that politician make that a part of what they're doing. The politician is the person who follows the directive of the organizers who are connected to the people. Think about how far we've come since that word community organizer was a bad word. Remember when they called Obama that? He ain't nothing but a community but a organizer. Community organizer. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that works on that works on the Trump side too. Yeah. Somebody brought this up the other day. I was watching a panel and they said, yeah, we have to remember that they were organizing their asses off. Yeah. Yeah. Same yes, thing. So we have to be clear that this same action is happening on the opposite end as well. And it's happening. Remember, please, good people, that being a citizen, um, some of us are just born into citizenship, but it's also a responsibility. Yes, ma'am. And it is also um, it's a privilege, depending on how you look at it Mm -hmm. or why you look at it. But it's a responsibility and a privilege. So pay attention to the people in your community. When you hit 18 and you're old enough to vote, um, pay attention to the community that you're in, pay, uh, on every possible level, wherever you can have a voice, make it a point to have it because what we don't want is another um, hate monger um, of any kind, of any race in the presidency ever again. Coming up next on the show... What's on your heart? (laughs) An occasional segment where we check in with people we respect about how they're really feeling. Hold on, y'all. Wait a minute. I think somebody's calling. That must mean it's time for What's on your heart? All right, so here's the deal. When we first started this show, the J.L. podcast, Jill Scott made it a point to let me and Asia know that she wants all kinds of different voices to be represented on this show. Now, of course, the first person that I thought about was my cousin, Dr. Angel Love Miles, who has a PhD in women's studies and some other things that I really can't pronounce. But it's also a beautiful Black woman who was born with spina bifida, who has surpassed all kinds of goals, records, and whatever. She is, we are, she is the pride of our family. Uh, so I wanted to bring... And she's also a Philly girl. Oh. So with all... A Philly girl, a German town <laughs> yes, girl. So with all, with all that being said, Dr. Angel Love Miles, how are you? I'm good, you know, just chilling with Joe Scott and Asia, the usual. <laughs> <laughs> so I know all about first, you, Angel. First of I, all, like, yeah. it kills me where her cousin got a whole PhD. My cousin is a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, see, that's how black folks do you. They like, oh, you know, I'm just going to call my cousin. You know, she's just, you know, just dope, you know. But, but you know, I like, the rest, I don't know what's people? up with y'all's family, but. 
You know what else? No, people. I'm lucky and blessed. But, you know, and it's funny because as Mia Angel, we were talking today and she was talking about how she is connected. She's fans of both of y'all. She's going to be real humble and not say that. But I was like, you know, Asia from Kendrick on here too. So I, I kind of wanted Angel to tell her own story in a way and, you know, kind of introduce yourself to not only the listeners, but to Asia and Jill as well. Okay. Um, well, uh, like like you said, my, my big cousin, uh, I'm Angel. I'm from... Philly from Germantown, Philadelphia. I grew up um, going to a school for kids with physical disabilities um, in Philly called Widener Memorial School. And um, if I'm not mistaken, Jill, you went to Girls High. Yeah. So so Widener's right behind Girls High. Right. And I don't, yeah. And I don't. And, you know, a lot of people don't notice that. And I went to Girls High part part time. Um, so it's called at the time they called it mainstreaming. And so I went to wider part of the day and I would go to girls high the other part of, of the day um, when and when I was in high school. But I was in girls I went to Widener really from kindergarten to 12th grade and I only went to girls high like maybe my sophomore year to, to my to my senior year. And so but I also you know I'm a black girl so um, and I grew up in low income housing um, in Philly and um, you know dealt with the typical Philly issues of you know um, being poor and just drama, uh, drugs and addiction in my family and all that stuff. Um, and so somehow, um, in spite of, and also because of all those things, I was able to go to college and I went to Penn state, which was like, not like Philly at all. Main campus, <clears throat> uh, overwhelmingly majority white, like no disabled people. Um, and that was really hard because I went to uh, a school for disabled kids my whole life where everything was made for us and it was like normal to be disabled. And suddenly like nothing was made for me. And um, I had to talk to the teachers and like ask them to accommodate me where like, I never had to do that before. Like things were just accessible. Like if my wheelchair broke down, there was a, a brace shop and I could just go to the brace shop and get my, my chair fixed. Um, they even had, we even had like a, a wheelchair um, <laughs> um, swing in our, in our, in our, um, in, in our playground. So like everything was like made for us. And then all of a sudden, like life was like, never, will never be like that again. I, I had to face reality that like, I live in a, in a dominant non-disabled world and that, um, and that I have to get everybody else to adjust to me. So, so I did that in addition to adjusting to race and racism at Penn State, which was like, I knew racism existed, of course, but like, um, and I was, you know, I was exposed to white people growing up, but there I was exposed to white people who weren't used to black people. Like the, the white people I grew up with were used to black people. So like they grew up with black people. Um, particularly my stepfather was white. Um, and like, you know, that he's not an everyday black man. <laughs> Me white man. See, I called him black man by an accident um, because <laughs> he grew up around black people and people would be like, oh, you know, well, that light skinned brother right there. And I'm like, no, my dad. Nah. Is, my dad is white. <laughs> He's like real white. <laughs> so, anyways, so I grew up, you know, um, with that. And anyway, um, to make a long story short, I went to um, Penn State, graduated. I pursued my master's and then my PhD because I wanted to know, like, when I went to college, I was like, where'd everybody go? Like, like I grew up with like a really diverse community. Like, where did everybody go? Like, why am I? you know, the only dis black disabled woman in like all my classes, at least with a parent disability, because there are people with 
unapparent disabilities. So I want to acknowledge that. But there were no people that like were openly saying that they're disabled and that were physically disabled and a person of color um, where I was. And my friends that I grew up with who were disabled and often people of color, they were unemployed. They were chilling at home. Their parents were living off of their social security. And I was like, why? Like we all had dreams and goals just like everybody else. So I researched it um, and I went to grad school and I got a PhD and here I am. Like that's like the skip, like skip to the end. There's like a whole lot in between there. It was. What's but the PhD in again, Angel? It's, I, I, it's in women's studies. Um, and, you know, I, it's so it's a radical uh, degree. So everybody's like, women's studies, like, are you a gynecologist or whatever? No, no. <laughs> Not interested in that. Um, but really just, it's just uh, studies like gender, basically as a, as a category and like gender in relationship to other, other social identities. So it really is just a way of like looking at identity and inequality in general, because in challenging like dominant ideology, so, so challenging dominant rural views that, and dominant usually is like male, white, um, cis, heterosexual, um, just challenging all those like dominant identities and really instead centering like marginalized identities and thinking about intersectionality and feminism and all that stuff. So, so all that good stuff. So I really wanted to, um, my grandparents had master's degrees and they taught me that like they got it at a time when it's really hard for black people to get master's degrees. Um, and uh, because they were black, they weren't able to economically benefit from their degrees the way that they should have. So that's why, like, in spite of their degrees, when my mother um, was in college and met my father, um, my Laia's uncle, and, and had my brother and then me, um, we we still wound up in subsidized housing because they didn't have wealth to transfer to the to the family like they would have if my if my if my grandparents would have been white. But anyway, they had taught me that education makes should make you better to people, not better than people, right? Mm, let me just say that growing up in North Philly, um, I I really think it was although we had we had drugs, we had violence, we also had a, a really gigantic group of, of people who were just people. Mm -hmm. So I don't recall feeling uh, a heaviness about someone being uh, bold or, or, or gay or a person with disabilities. I don't recall, um, we, we knew who the crackheads were. Like, oh, that's so-and-so, they don't crack. You know what I mean? It was kind of like we were very accepting of everything that everybody was. And if you liked the person, you liked them. And that's just what it was. If you didn't, you didn't, for whatever reasons that were yours. But I don't remember feeling of a heaviness um, in my neighborhood anyway about people being themselves. And I think that that's really what all, all we want is for people to be the, you know, be themselves without having to carry whatever boxes and bullshit that this society places on us. So here's the question, Dr. Miles. What is on your heart? You know, uh, peace is on my heart. You know, I'm just really trying to think about 
you know, how can we get to peace? Because I believe that it's achievable and um, I have to have hope that, that it's achievable. And I think that there are groups in power that want us to believe that it's not, um, you know, and so I think that that's something that's really on my heart. You know, love is on my heart. You know, um, you know, I have someone that I really love who uh, voted for Trump and it's really tearing me apart. <laughs> like, this person is a person of color. This person is disabled. And I'm someone I really love that I actually had a relationship, like a intimate relationship with at one point, And I just cannot figure it out. And it's really turning me apart. And I'm like, do I cut this person off? Um, is that the way do I handle it? Because are they harboring some type of hate that I don't know about? Somewhere? Like, But when I'm with them, like, I don't experience any of that. Like, you know, I just experience kindness. And so, you know, I have to believe that, like, love will help us overcome these differences. Like, I don't think that, um, that just cutting people off will solve it. And I'm just hopeful, like, that uh, because I'm not perfect either. Um, and there are some other er areas that, you know, I may be harming someone. So I'm trying to, to, to figure out how to have grace, but also like stand to my principles, stay to my principles. And so that's really hard. Um, but, I, but I also want to close and say that like, you know, you're on my heart, Asia. You're on my heart, Jill. Like, oh, Laia, you're in my heart because you're my family. Um, and um, I wanted, I couldn't be remiss without like sharing, you know, like how Jill's like music like has impacted me, how it particularly um, has helped me get through graduate school and overcome so many of those barriers. And so, you know, when you say like, and beautifully human, like I am here, like I am a wealth unfathomed. And if you don't recognize my presence, I am here. Um, if you don't recognize me, I am here. Like I felt I am a source of power. Like I felt that way in my soul as a black woman, because I'm and a, a black woman with disability because I'm ignored so much. And, and I'm, I treat it invisibly so much. And so, you know, when I grew up in Germantown, yes, people, there was a, some part where like everybody was accepted in some ways, but there were a lot of ways where like I was ignored. I was chased. I was spit on by black people. I was teased. Um, unrelentingly. Um, I was excluded. I wanted to be on drill teams so much. I wanted to be on drill teams so much, but they would not let me be on their parents and kids because I was disabled um, and just treated me like, like my disability was contagious. Um, so I experienced that, but I also experienced an immense kindness um, from, from the same community. So we have both in our community. We have to, you know, when Joe Biden talks about, um, you know, that, this is not who we are when he talks about his, um, when he did a speech and he said like, his acceptance speech, this is not who we are, we're Americans. And um, he needs to acknowledge that it is who we are. It I is mean, who we are, yes. yes. Like we are, we are both, we are, as Americans, like we are both, you know, the, the, our, our worst enemy, you know, and our best friends. And we can't keep lying to and ourselves. And he did for the Word. first time, actually, any president, any president or president-elect actually mentioned disabled people in his speech, which mm. is not, he shouldn't get a big cracker for, but... It's a, uh, it's no a but he, start. he did that because of the work that we did, because we organized, right. like, disabled people organized and, um, and, and got on him and we helped elect him. So Amen. he... 
So we he should that. have. We fought yes. really hard for that because we're twenty percent of the population. Yeah. And there and the Democratic Party is just starting to really say, like, oh, if we get these folks to organize, like maybe they have some power. So Right. So I wanted right. to like, you know, talk about about and, that and everything. And understanding that what what was behind that. So I'm just like think it's it's so important and so poignant that to to bring us back to the fact that yes, when you see these things happen, there is work behind that. Mm-hmm. There's organizing behind that. When you see something, it didn't just fall out of the sky. There are black women, there are black people, there are black people from all kinds of intersections, all kinds of spaces that are organizing to make sure that those things happen. It's not just an empty moment. It's a moment that black people worked and 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 strive to get. And that that's not even enough. Yeah, and it's like, and not just black people, but like marginalized people in general, like disabled mm-hmm. people, like LGBTQ right. people, like like disabled mm-hmm. people. Like a lot of times, people treat us like um like things were a charity, like just like given to us. Like, oh, wasn't that nice that you know um that um that they that the America gave us ramps and automatic <laughs> doors, and it's like no, they don't know. They don't teach the disability rights movement. Like they don't know that no. the disabled people chain themselves to buses. Like mm-hmm. they don't know that disabled people put sledgehammers to to curbs, like that we that we we thought that they wouldn't let us um have you know our own to be integrated into schools that it was legal to just segregate disabled people in mm. into schools and um to special schools like the school that I went to where there was really no reason why I shouldn't have been able to go to girls high all day long because right. right. I went to Penn State, but there right. was this but there's this belief that um you know because I was disabled that I needed something special. Um, mm-hmm. and clearly I didn't because I mean, I'm, I, I, I moved to Chicago. I live in Chicago now. Like I've been to Japan, I've been to Australia. So clearly I could have been a girl's high. And so it's like society has to change the way that they think about, because we put limitations on people with disabilities that are more limiting than our actual conditions themselves. And so when Jill Scott says, live in my life, like it's golden, like that is a power that is an empowering thing for a disabled person to say, because our lives are not viewed as valuable. Like, um, you know, so when I say I'm happy, people are like, well, how can you be happy? You're disabled. You were born like you. People say this to me all the time. They congratulate me for being outside. Like, look at you outside. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, you know, do you have a do you have a certain like tool bag of cuss words that you have to f- that you have for people because I just need to know because I'm just saying like <laughs> people will be getting that? cussed out on a regular people have said that they start praying for me automatically like one lady was like get out of that chair girl yes you told me chair. about that in the name of Jesus and I'm like, Yo. like as if you just demanded and my mother said I should have got out like it's like because I can't walk so it just started messing with me I didn't think about it you know, but I should just start playing with people, but um, just for fun. But, you know, and I like to laugh about it, but it's really not OK. It's a, it's a type know. of street harassment. Like yeah. we know about street harassment for women being sexually assaulted. It's violent. It's but violent. disabled people get street harassed. People randomly ask me, can I have sex? Like what? when I was a teenager, no. adult man is like, okay, well, how do you do it? Can you do it? Da, 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 da. That's the, first of all, that's none of your business. But like, secondly, like what? You know, it's just. So we need to one educate people about disability. People don't learn about it in school, and so that's when- why this conversation is important, Angel. That's why your voice yeah. is, is important, Angel. You know, one thing about this kind of work and people like yourself, I feel like 
the more that I listen to you, the more I I understand how mm-hmm. to treat people better. Mm-hmm. Like you said, education should make you better to others, not better than others. And I feel like the more that I, I interact and I'm always telling people like, why are we not listening to our organizers? Why are we not listening to our advocates and activists? These are the people who are most in touch with who we are at our core. These are the folks that are talking to people who are the most affected by all the things that are going on. Because they don't get an opportunity to speak in a way where everybody gets to hear it. And Mm. that is an issue. That is an issue. I thank you so much for being with us, Dr. Miles. Angel love, Miles. Thank you. How do you eat an elephant? Hey y'all, I'm Eves, a producer on the show, and I'm here to bring you the resource of the day. As all of the women on the show mentioned, the organizers in your community are out here putting in work. Let's give them our support and acknowledgement. Jill, Laia, and Aja all have love for Philly, and Aja has a recommendation for y'all based in the city. Check out the Black Philly Radical Collective, which includes the organizations Philly for Real Justice, Black Lives Matter Philly, the Abolitionist Law Center Philadelphia, and many more. I'll drop a link to the collective's website in the description. And for those of you outside of Philly, research the anti-racist, abolitionist, and progressive organizations and causes in your area. I thank you so much for listening. And, um, you know, you can always leave your comments. We're, we're open to that always. Thank you for listening to Jill Scott Presents J.Ill, the podcast. This podcast is hosted by Jill Scott, Laia St. Clair, and Aja Graydon Dantzler. Its executive producers are Jill Scott, Sean G., and Brian Calhoun. It's produced by Laia St. Clair and me, Eve Jeffcoat. The editing and sound design for this episode were done by Taylor Chacoin. Just like so many reasons why this shit happened, that for us to prevent it, what about them 76 million people? If that's real, if that's real, because now that we know that other countries can be involved in our elections and maneuver our elections, it's like maneuver. this is the problem with having so much information. Yup, it's too much, so you don't know what's real. You don't know what's real. So many, you know, and, and there's the truth, and then it's my truth. I have my truth. I'm standing in my truth. The, all of those things. We don't know what truth is anymore. J.Ill is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, 
It's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.